Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. And here it is, another brand new episode of Flyers Daily for Monday, February 17th with a special guest. Who is it? Find out in a second. And welcome to the podcast right now, the one and only Bill Meltzer. Billy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jason. How about yourself? Well, I love doing things twice. It's what I prefer to do. Uh, that We had a dress rehearsal for everybody listening right now uh, before because I failed to hit a button or my computer failed to protect me. But who cares? Nobody cares about that. We got Bill now. Bill, uh, busy Sunday in the NHL. The Columbus Blue Jackets lose their fifth straight. They get the loser point. Uh, also, Carolina gets a loser point, but things in these standings right now are so tight. What's your thoughts on the loser point? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, back in the day, I didn't have a problem with ties. There was the, the, the hard-fought point on the road, you know. Um, you get one, they get one. Um, I mean, I don't think it, it served its purpose. And, um, you know, originally they, they put the so-called loser point in to get teams to, to actually try to win in overtime because originally it was – you know, two points, you win in overtime, nothing if you lose in overtime. So teams wouldn't want to lose the point they already had. And so, you know, overtime rarely ever settled anything. And then they added four on four. Then they went to three on three. You know, they added, they added the uh, shootout as well. So, you know, I, I think it, it's kind of outlived its usefulness in a lot of ways. Now, there have been nights where the, the Flyers have been the team that, have, you know, you get like they had one in Carolina. They had a the comeback in that game. And then they, I think they ultimately lost in overtime in that one. So, I mean, there are nights where it helps, but I mean, you know, when you're trying to come back in the standings and you have these three-point games, it makes it tough. Or you have a, a tight race, tonight being a case in point, the Flyers are not playing tonight and, you know, two teams gained on them even though they lost. So that can be a little frustrating. Yeah, it absolutely is. My, and my issue with it is the quality of play in the final half of the third period when teams know they, they need to get at least a point so they're not pushing and they're not trying to get the two points. Um, but we'll reform that in the offseason with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. I'll set up a time, Bill. You and I will go up to New York. We'll break bread, and we'll, we'll come up with a, a viable, acceptable way to fix this whole problem because that's what we do. That is, that's what we do. We fix problems, and we'll, we'll get to work on this one for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Um, busy Sunday in the NHL. A couple really important games. We just alluded to uh, the Columbus game. Uh, the New Jersey Devils playing for nothing at this time of year, Bill. They battle back in this game. They get it to a shootout, and they, shootout, and they ultimately win it. 52 saves from Mackenzie Blackwood. Are the wheels falling off the Columbus Blue Jacket bandwagon right now? I, I mean, I, I think it, it's really hard for them to, you know, they, they were on a pace that even if they had been healthy, uh, you know, no team could sustain the way they were playing. Now, you know, I mean, the only team hotter really right now was, was, was Tampa for a while. I mean, Tampa has just been on, on a you know, they're rolling, they're steamrolling teams. So, but I mean, I, I Columbus is going to have a hard time keeping that up anyway. To lose Seth Jones, um, not just losing a fantastic player, but that that all of a sudden they guys have to pick up minutes on defense, play in tougher situations that aren't ideal for them. Uh, I mean, Tortorella's done a great job with the team, uh, but they they can't keep up what they've been doing. I mean, Elvis has been playing over his, not over his head, but just out of his mind in goal. And to, to be without Atkinson, who won't be won't be out for as long as uh, Jones will, but you know they a lot of times a lot of times season series are dictated sometimes when you catch a team. I mean, I think the Flyers are catching Columbus at just the right time for this home and home. Yeah, no question about it. it sometimes it's not necessarily um, 
who you play, it's when you play them. And the Flyers sure. are catching Columbus, certainly, at a very good time. And uh, they got a, a, a home-and-home with them this week, Tuesday and Thursday. And the Flyers will be re- well-rested after that Tampa loss on Saturday down at Amelie Arena. The other game that we had close eyes on on Sunday, Bill, was the Oilers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in Raleigh. And the Canes go down 4-3. to three. This game also ends in overtime. The Canes get a point. They're still out of the playoff picture. But the Canes right now are a team that, I mean, they were so good earlier in the season. What's their status in your view? Well, they've had, um, you know, they've, they've tried to address this a little bit. Uh, they're, they're another team that's had some pretty critical injuries as well. You know, Hamilton, of course, was a big loss for them. Sure. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, to me, to me, my one question with Carolina has always been the goaltending, whether it's Reimer or whether it's um, Rozick. You know, I, I think that of all the teams that are in the playoff chase in the East, they're the, they're the teams whose goaltending I question the most. And even they had that recent comeback game. Um, you know, they ended up they ended up beating um, Vegas on the road. And they had a big third period comeback. But the whole time, Reimer looked really shaky and he looked re- ready to get you know, ripe to, to be beaten again. And actually, they went ahead and, you know, um, Vegas tied it up again. I mean, I, I think that I think this time of year that that's something that kind of stands out like a sore thumb. So. Um, I mean, they're they're a team that has a, a lot going for. Them. They have a, a lot of talent up front, a lot of speed, a lot of skill. Um, I mean, I, they're they're to me, you know, they're a team that's kind of on the bubble to the end. But if I look talent wise, stack up their talent against Columbus's on paper, I, I would agree that you know they're probably the more talented team. Um, the the other team, and they didn't play today, but I'm curious at your thoughts about them. Is the New York Islanders? They're another team that I felt maybe a little susceptible at this time of year. I saw some things in the last couple of weeks that kind of struck me, you know, the, the Islanders blowing two, three goal leads in a third period. Matthew Barzell, such a talented player. Barry Trotz uh, put him on the bench in a third period before the break. Um, they got to finish up their road trip with Arizona and Colorado on Monday and Wednesday. They've lost the first two games, 5 nothing and one nothing. They haven't scored a goal on the trip yet. This could be a disastrous trip for the Islanders. Are they susceptible to maybe falling out as well? I think they are. I mean, the Islanders, um, you know, last year, particularly, I, I thought they kind of did it with smoke and mirrors all, of, you know, last season and, and outstanding coaching and, you know, turning their goals against average around. Um, you know, there, there, are, there have been some, I mean, look, the Flyers came back on them, right? Yep. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a team that potentially is vulnerable as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think three, four, five, you know, and the, the team that finishes, below the cutoff line. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I think you could see movement within that, within that grouping, you know, right into, right into mid-March, just depending on who's playing well at that particular time. But I, but I think the Islanders are another team. Yeah. I think that they, they, they're a team that could be beat now. All right. So the Flyers will be back in action on Tuesday at home versus Columbus. Then Thursday on the road, as the playoff picture sits right now, the Flyers are still in the playoffs in the Eastern conference. Yeah. It's tight. And it's going to remain tight, likely down the stretch. I think this kind of benefits these teams being playoff ready because you can't rest any night, and you got that intensity up already. But the Flyers with 71 points, one point back of Columbus, who's in wild card number one. Flyers up one point on Carolina, who's got 70 points, and now five points on Florida, who they beat twice this week. Uh, the Islanders at 72 points hold the wild card number three, and uh, Toronto actually uh, has the Atlantic third spot. 
uh, with 70 points. So they're four up on the Panthers as well. Bill, let's get to some Twitter questions here. I know people were excited you're coming on uh, Flyers Daily. So let's get to these. Rocco tweets and he says, if Nolan Patrick comes back, what happens to the lineup? And do you think they should go after a couple of physical players at the deadline to help with the slow starts? Well, I mean, with, with Nolan, he's still, and we'll, we'll see what happens at practice tomorrow because there is a chance he'll be on the ice for practice, but he hasn't had a real full practice yet. The one, you know, one practice he's on the ice for, he was functioning as the eighth defenseman. He was just passing pucks with Ghost. You know, I, I, he had no training camp. To me, you know, he's going to need a significant amount of time just so he's ready for the assignment to uh, the Phantoms and then. You know, uh, the one advantage, the f- one advantage is that they don't have to do it as just a, um, a conditioning stint because he doesn't have, he wouldn't have to clear waivers. They could just assign him to the fans when he's ready. He's ready. I mean, no question. Having a, a healthy Nolan Patrick, you know, in, in season shape and ready to go, all of a sudden they become much deeper up front as as your third line center option. Um, you know, the Flyers. I know they would like to do something in the deadline. Um, adding, you know, adding a, a physical presence. I mean, it, it, you know, it's always nice to have a guy who can can bring that. You got to bring skill as well. I mean, I think their number one thing they would like to bring in is that third line center. Um, you know, they they it's going to be hard cap space wise. You know, if they don't clear some something out, um, unless they're in a situation where, and I mean, we'll, we also have to see how things develop with Ghost because if all of a sudden if Ghost were to have to go on. You know, long-term injured reserve. If he's, you know, his knee is going to keep him out a while, then all of a sudden the picture changes because that that's allowance money over the cap. Then all of a sudden you could bring in a guy too. That's that's something to keep an eye on as well. Oh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the Flyers are hoping that it's a it's a short-term situation with him, but um, you know, but he hasn't he hasn't really been practicing. He's been off ice. So um, I I think that their number one priority though would be another bottom six center, maybe a guy who can swing between center and, and, and wing. Um, you know, uh, I know everybody wants more goal scoring. I, I it's um, goal scoring is always nice, but I think, um, I mean, I think that having, having another kind of two way center in the lineup really to me should be the number one priority right now. A couple of the names that are out there, Bill, uh, being thrown around, um, I up one of them is Vinny Trocek uh, from the Florida Panthers. And the other one that's obviously been talked about quite a bit is Tyler Toffoli from the Kings. Um, do either of those guys fit the bill? I mean, Toffoli's in the last year of a deal with a 4.6 cap hit. Um, I don't love that because I don't, I, I don't like rentals. I just don't. I don't think they work out very often. Um, I've been very vocal about that here on the podcast. But a guy like Vinny Trocek, who's got a 4.75 uh, AAV, it still has two years after this year uh, on his contract and certainly would fit from a, a fit standpoint with the Flyers as a center. Sure, absolutely, and uh, I mean Trocheck would be a would be a nice piece to add if you could, you know, if you could make those numbers work out. I mean, I I think you'd be a really a really nice addition, and um, you know sometimes sometimes you could flip flop even lines with him and, and Hayes depending who's going well at a particular time, um, you know, and uh, I mean I think Hayes is your basically your number two center, but I but to have an option like that as your your number three guy would be a you know would be a really be a really nice thing on, on a lot of fronts. You know, one of the other fronts is, you know, they can take their time with Morgan Frost, for example. You don't have to rush. You know, if, if Patrick is back, he has to be really ready to come back. I think that that, that opens up a lot of things if they're, a, if they're able to do something like that. Again, I, I just got, have to see how they you know, how they work the numbers out to be able to do it. Uh, Lidge Bob tweets and he says, what would you think about if the Flyers took a run at Ilya Kovalchuk for a third rounder? 
He says his shot from between the faceoff circles on the PP could be a nice cure for what ails the Flyers' power play. Uh, is it going to be more? It's going to be more than a third rounder to get Kovalchuk now if you're going to get him out of there, right? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, uh, he uh, <laughs> he's he's definitely picked up his trade value. Um, you know, uh, honestly, to me, the Flyers' problems in the power play is, is more in terms of getting entries, getting set up, getting getting the quality chance to begin with. In a lot of cases, um, it's all it's obviously always good to have a sniper, and, and Kovalchuk's, you know, particularly in his prime, was one of the best of the of that era, you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, a, a sniper to me is always a luxury. I guess the one good thing with him is that he's on a minimum contract in Montreal. So you don't have, you don't have to worry about how do you fit, fit it in. You, you could fit him in. Um, but yeah, I mean, at, at what price and what, what would you get out of him? Because, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I'm skeptical of Reynolds too, because, you know, the guy has to fit in, right? He, he has to fit in with what you're doing. Where do you slot him in your lineup? That, that, that's another He's thing. He's got to be able to play five on five. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that, that's the problem is that, you know, he's at this at this point of his career, he's really kind of a liability five on five. He has the big shot in the power play, which, yeah, which, is, which is a nice luxury. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if you were to, let, let's just theoretically say you, you were to add him, and even you go into one playoff series and he gets you three goals in that series, I guess it was worth the rental. But I, I don't know. I, again, I, I think that uh, the, this team's basis for turnaround was always try to be a better two-way team. I, I think I think the, the best piece to add would be another two-way piece. And I know everybody loves goal scoring, but, I mean, that's, that's how I say it. Gregory Gable tweets and he says, what are your thoughts on maybe going after Anthony Duclair? He started so hot. Played well against the Flyers, but has been struggling to put up points lately for the Sens. Is that is that a name worth considering? I, I've never been a Duclair fan. Um, I like the skill. I just don't love the player. Highly skilled, lots of speed. There, there's a reason why he's bounced around the league like he has, you know. And he will he will go on on you know, little tears at times. I I don't you know. I, I it, it's a little bit like with Kovalchuk too, right? If, if I'm going to add a piece, it, I want to know what I'm going to get from him on an every night basis. And what does he, what does he bring to you if he's not scoring that particular night? And the answer to declare in a lot of cases is not very much positive, right? He's yeah. never been a, he's never been a, you know, a, a two way forward. Um, you know, one, like one of the areas, just, just as an example, the Flyers have largely cleaned up this year. If you go back a year ago, how many how many backdoor goals did they give up because the winger didn't pick up the defenseman coming oh, in? God, right? I know. And they basically have cleaned that up. I mean, declares you have declare in your lineup. You just you're you have to expect some of that because it just just is who he is as a player. Yeah, he's looking to fly to the zone and get an offensive opportunity, and that comes at an expense. And a lot of times, that's D zone coverage, no question about it. Um, Scott Warbeck tweets in with a really interesting question, Bill. I, I'm interested in your thoughts on this, and I have some as well. He says, "What do you think about how the trade deadline in the NHL is over 75 percent of the way through the season? Does it bother you?" He said, "Because to me, it doesn't make much sense, given there won't be a whole lot of time to figure out how to incorporate your new ads into the mix." I like. I, I love the question. And it's an interesting one, but to me, if you want to get a player before it's only 25% of the season's left, act early, like Jim Rutherford did, and like he has done so many times. Right, and I, I think you're seeing more teams generally doing that, not necessarily in deadline day, but in, in the weeks leading up to it. It gives you a little bit more runway to, to incorporate the guy in your lineup. Uh, I think he hits, it, hits the nail right on the head. Uh, that, that a lot of times is the problem when you're trying to incorporate that piece. It was like when the Penguins brought in Broussard, he had 
really good numbers that year. And okay, here here's our here's our third line guy. They lost Benino, remember? Yeah. And uh, Broussard never fit in. You know, it, it was uh, it was an expensive piece to bring in, and it just didn't work out. And you see you see that a lot, and um, particularly with guys who are going to be unrestricted at the end of the year, it's just it's hard for them to get ingratiated and, and feel invested on in the team because they haven't been there. And they know they know most likely because of the way the cap is, they're not going to be there very long. So, you know, I, I think that uh, you have to you really have to do your homework as to who you're bringing in. And yeah, I mean, if you have more lead time on that, I mean, I think that's a fantastic question. The uh, the deadline being relatively late in the season definitely is something you have to consider. You have uh, what about a, a quarter or a little less than a quarter of your schedule going at that point? Because you have your March and your couple games in April. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's fair to say that uh, those guys can be sometimes tough to, you know, incorporate in your lineup and incorporate in the, the team as well. Uh, last question from Twitter here on Flyers Daily with our special guest, Bill Meltzer. Thanks for joining us. It is from Jaden D. And this is a good question as well. I'll tell you what, the people stepped up with the questions tonight, as they always do. He says, what is your favorite Flyers moment from this season? He said, I'd have to go with the Marshan flubbed shootout attempt. <laughs> that's a great one. Wow. It's not my favorite, though. No, no. Uh, t- tell me your favorite. I'll think about mine here. My favorite is actually, I think, game two of the season, Bill, when Carter Hart made that incredible save oh. on Taylor Hall. Well, I'm a goalie, so, you know, I, I'm going to love anything that's goalie anyway. But that, to me, was like, hey, year two for me, look out, league. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think that from just – just from an on-ice standpoint, I, I think that um, right after the right after the Flyers had that really brutal post-Christmas road trip and they were dealing with the bad news with Oscar and they had this stretch of games against really high-end opponents, the, the way they plowed through that, and one of them was, a, a, you know, not yeah, that was the game with the, the flub shootout attempt by Marshall, but just that comeback in general in that game and beating Washington and beating – you know, beating St. Louis in, in their building. I mean, I just, you know, it's maybe not one moment. It's, it's, it's about a week of a season, but that, that was the point in the season. I said, Hey, Flyers are going to be in this for the long haul, you know? So yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. If I had to just, just pick a little time frame in there, I, I would say, I would say that. Bill, I don't know if you heard the episode uh, prior to this one that I did. And I went on a bit of a rant um, about a couple of things. And the main thing I went on a rant about was, that this is not the Flyers team of years prior. It's not the team that would show you a 10-game win streak, but it was thin or it wasn't real. This team is different. And if you really look into it and you look at the youth that they have and the contributions they're getting and the depth scoring and the growth of the defense and obviously the goaltending, this is far different. And I didn't even mention the coach just now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. The the team has a, a different vibe, a different feel about it. Um, you know, uh, as you said, you're not getting the the wild extremes, the ten game winning streak, the ten game losing streak in the same season, and, and even even then, where you know, uh, and a lot of it to me uh, comes from well, you know, Carter Hart starting starting to become the you know uh, really spread his wings and become a, a really outstanding young goaltender in the league. Now, we want to see a little bit more of that on the road. His home numbers are, are crazy. But, I mean, I, I think if you look at the one-two tandem in goal, there, there's not a rotating door in net. The, as you said, the uh, maturation of the defense core, the, the balance they have in the lines, 
I mean, you know, the uh, just, I mean, just the ability, the, the ability to withstand some of the guys they haven't had in the lineup. That yeah. uh, Kevin Hayes has been been huge. I couldn't even imagine where this team would be right now if they didn't have Kevin Hayes. Particularly what's gone on with Nolan Patrick. You know how, how valuable Oscar Lindblom is to this team, and there really still is not a guy to replace him who, who does as much as Oscar did. But they have they have the depth, and that's really how they've been able to withstand it. it it's kind of you know it's really a shame uh, on a lot of fronts. But I mean, if those guys were available and healthy, you know where might this team be right now? I think they might be challenging. You know, they, might, they might be up with Pittsburgh, right, and, and challenging for maybe uh, making a run in Washington just just based on just based on the amount of depth that they have. I think that's the number one area where I, where I look at this team, compare that to other teams. They have a they have a viable fourth line now too. You know, yeah, they, Tyler Pitlick's done his job too. Up and down the lineup, they have they have really a quality lineup. They're they're well coached. Um, you know, they do have a, a a tough loss. They seem to bounce right back from it. Um, you know, they've been said outstanding in home ice, uh, other than some pickups here and there. And I, I don't even consider necessarily the, the Tampa Bay game because that was another, you know, listen, I mean, Tampa Bay, they, they're on another 10 game winning streak. They've only lost one game in regulation in their last 25. They're just playing out of their minds right now. I mean, that, that would have been great to come away with points in Tampa. That's, uh, you know, they're, they are the measuring stick for the, for the rest of the league, at least in the regular season right now. But, you know, the, the Islanders game was a tough pill to swallow. So what do they do? They come out, you know, next game and they 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 have a, a game against, a, you know, with playoff implications against against Florida. They come out, they, they play they play great, right? They, they play great against Washington. I think that, uh, you know, all these things bode really well, not just this year, but as, as they go forward, too. Yeah. And the, and the end thing is, too, is if you were to poll the playoff teams or teams contending those top 10 in the Eastern Conference, because the Flyers went into a, a team like St. Louis and won in overtime, went to Chicago or went to Washington and beat them seven to two, have beat the top teams in this league. None of them are chomping at the bit right now to get a piece of the Flyers that I know for sure. No, they, they are. They're a tough team. They're a tough team to play. I mean, sometimes the uh, you know, so, sometimes a team like Florida, who scores a lot of goals, but gives up a lot of goals, too. You know, they're the teams that, uh, you know, if, if I were at the top and they were there, I go, OK, this, this is a team we can handle just because, you know, just because if you're at the top, you generally have, uh, you know, a good balance in your lineup. So I, I think that the Flyers have a, you know, I said a pretty good balance overall. I wouldn't call them an elite team yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, on, on a given day, they can give any team, any team in the league. They've shown it. They can give any team in the league a hard time and, and beat them. Can they yeah. beat them in a seven-game series? I guess that remains to be seen. You have to be skeptical of that just because of how long it's been since the team has won a playoff series. But I think they're capable of it. Yeah, just to beat Florida twice in one week is yeah. a tough ask, and, and and they did it in fine fashion as well. Well, Bill, we appreciate you joining us here on Flyers Daily. As always, we'll be delivering it to you daily because that's what we do. Subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. We appreciate it. And as I always say, it gives you good karma. There's only one question left to be, to be asked, and that's what's the closing song going to be tonight? Well, here it comes. So, everybody, enjoy your hockey, and thanks for listening. Moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm going to eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. Peaches come from a can, they were put there by a man. If I had my little way, I'd eat 
lot of peaches Moving to the country I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches Moving to the country Gonna eat a lot of peaches Moving to the country Gonna eat a lot of peaches I took a little nap with a little soul twist Squished your rotten peach in my fist And dreamed about you A woman 